Welcome to Pushing Dirt. I'm Camilla Ranson, and this is your one-stop shop for everything real estate, whether it's buying, selling, renting, development, city planning, interior design, architecture, the history of architecture, homelessness, feng shui, real estate agents, and the odd but necessary ghost hunting. It all applies, and you don't want to miss it. Welcome to Pushing Dirt, the podcast on everything real estate. I am your host, Camilla Ranson. And today I have a very interesting guest, somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for uh, quite a while. Um, his name is Dag Elias, as, as, as how I would say it in Swedish. How do you say it here? Well, Dag is kind of what, what it ended up being, and uh, I, I'm cool with that. Dag. Okay, so that's what I'm going to call you because we're not going to go into any Scandinavian <laughs> languages here today. <laughs> um, thank you for coming and welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's really nice to have you. Um, and also now that, because I met you on, I believe I was seeing a house with my friend Susie and her stepdaughter at the time. And she was looking for a house and that's how we started talking and everything. And I think it was in, um, I think it was in the Studio City Hills. Very beautiful. Like, a, I think it was like an infinity pool, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember meeting you and Susie. Yeah. It was a really good energy. I remember that we had fun. Oh, my know? God, it was so much fun, and that house was amazing, and we were just in, like, we were, like, stoned on, 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 on like, good real estate at that point. You know, we were just yeah, like, oh, me. my God, this is just <laughs> I wasn't, so insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were not stoned, but just on, real, like, real estate. We were literally like, this is so amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we had to go and see others after that, and it was kind of a bummer. So, like, um, okay, so you are from Sweden. Yes. Yes, from the south of Sweden. Uh, West Coast, West Goth- Coast, Gothenburg. Gothenburg. And um, you came out here when you were how old? Oh, I was in my early 20s. Um, the road here, so to speak, was I was a musician in Sweden. I was in the heavy metal new wave of British heavy metal. So I started touring when I was, I think, 15. And um, and you had a band. Yeah. Yes. So the, And then we kind of toured around England and, and Scotland, Wales a lot, and Europe in general. And it was just in the early stages of when the whole new metal thing happened. So it was just very true and organic as far as meeting people and you know, I remember, you know, coming to Scotland to the Loch Ness Lake, you know. And, oh, my God. And, you know, when we were walking around in, in Iverness up there, I mean, people come up to you across the street, straight up to you and say, who are you? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> what so, do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so it was, and, and, and I'm vibe with that because I'm very uh-huh. direct myself. Uh-huh. And, and I love interaction with people that I don't know because I'm always out to, for new experiences and meeting mm. meeting new souls and so and that was just be- before you know the media craze and the stereotyping and when everything just became this uh, uh, conceptualized uh, spider web of, of uh, settling yourself and products and stuff right. so I, everything was like you got invited to people's homes and you right. got a chance to kind of I'm very sensitive to people's energies and to, I can walk into a home and I can feel this yeah. is a happy home or this is there's something that's not right here. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. And we've like we've had a couple of guests on here like that talk about that. I mean the vibe is both with people and homes, you know, it's it's yeah. very it's palpable, you know. So so you came out as, and music was your thing. And so how did you get into real estate? Because I've noticed that um, a lot of people who are creatives tend to go towards real estate, which is also not, because a creative career is not always the safest. You know? Like oh, you're absolutely. not always going to walk home with a yeah. project. And so I feel like real estate is very similar, not in the, I mean, it's, you know, Often you're more safe, like more safe, but not always, you know, and and it has that creative vibe to it as well that you're always dealing with like a new personality, a new house, a new way of doing things, a client that wants things done a certain way that you like. I think there's so much of that. And I've talked about it before, but I feel it more and more like more than ever that as 
as clients, and now I'm also just talking about myself, as we become savvier to everything that's that's around, it's almost like I'm realizing there's so much more to know. <laughs> it's like I think I know everything, and I'm like, I've done this before, and blah, blah, blah. But there's so much more to know, and I think that's where the creativity comes in with homes, and especially in L.A. Um, yeah, you're going to have to. It's very important to kind of interpret what's going on. Mm. Um, I think my strength is I started, although I started being a musician when I was 15 professionally, I also started my business ventures. I was selling cars when I was 15 oh, years I old. And I used to go down to the local magazine, you know, when they print the uh, the uh, the morning newspaper. Uh-huh. And it was just like me and, and the, the gypsies at the time that uh-huh. were doing cars. And we, we used to grab the paper. It was all warm, like 11 o'clock at night. And then we used to call clients and say, hey, I'm sorry I'm calling you late, but, you know... Uh, I'm moving tomorrow, so can I see and come the car? Uh, see, come and see the car, and they're like, "Oh, okay then," because I was so adamant about it. Mm-hmm. So the hustle started there, mm-hmm. and then of course I already had an ad for a similar make and model. So the next day I sold it. Ah. So, because I quit school when I was fourteen, you know, so mm-hmm. I had to really, I was really always close to the street and had to hustle without, you know, I was always. Um, smart enough to stay away from the illegal stuff uh-huh. because I saw I grew up in the suburbs and you know the friends of mine that kind of t- took that road I remember them coming up to tell me and saying you know you don't belong here just don't go down this road and right. that's not for you and so music was my kind of savior thing to kind of have something to do mm-hmm. uh, but back then I mean it was just all about it was fun you know we I played the stadium you know in my in my city when i was 16 and it that was sounds a, really fun it, but it was also a huge kind of uh, confidence boost of know? course so, and <laughs> of and course. just to relate this to real estate so um my favorite thing to do is open houses because i'm not afraid to talk to someone i know right and i'm also not afraid to talk to someone who doesn't maybe doesn't like me or care for me for right. my style yeah because it's so important when you come and look at the house that people are usually very rarely aware what's going on and why it's so impossible uh, why it's so important for them to connect their the personality and what they really need they have it's this idea yeah. they have this idea of what they think they want and, and the way to achieve that. So I always listen to my clients, oh, what do they want? And then I give them my take on how to achieve it. Right. And that's really how the magic starts because I can tell when I meet a client, I can tell within the first five, 10 minutes if they're ever going to buy a house. Right. <laughs> because if they have the right attitude and, and they they get they catch my draft and they say, mm-hmm. guys, this is, we need to team mm-hmm. up. This is high energy. The market is super hot. And I also sometimes talk about, you know, my clients want to know what I think about the market, where we're going, where our price is going. So teamwork, I think, is everything and attitude. I mean, I have some dream clients, you know, that I work with through the years and they kind of make up for all the not so good experiences. Right. But I have to take myself out of the picture because it's not about me, it's about the client. Right. And a lot of times I say no both to homes and to clients because I don't want to work with too many clients at the same time. I'm not in it for the numbers and for the volume. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some teams, they take on like 15, 20 buyers. I just don't feel I can do the best work for them. That's very commendable. I mean, a lot of people would just take on client. But I also feel like a lot of... Um, real agent scenes and stuff out here have found a way of just like they do the same thing which works sometimes they just sort of like you know stage the house in this way make sure it gets sold in that way and everything but you seem more like it's more about the person in the house rather than how you do it I, I think so and it's I don't think that we can you know and it's not a choice that I make like for right. example <laughs> yeah. but it's an interesting point because for example I'm you know I do my own real estate photography Oh you do? Yeah because I I want things a certain way and I want it as good as possible because 
if I if I could just pay somebody to do it, no one would be happier than me because I really feel for the guys doing the you know presentations right. and video and and photography because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But yeah. it, there's some some of that creative energy you put into the picture is gonna communicate with the house itself. It, it's just a lot of things that has to be right, mm -hmm. and then people get the right you know introduction to the home. Right. And of course, you have to also uh, be able to present the. There has to be, there has to be a story and a narrative about the home. Mm -hmm. Homes are deep, and you know, I I remember I did a we uh, in in my team that I work with. Sometimes we we sold a house in Valley Glen, mm -hmm. uh, which is south of Victory, and 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 a lot of those homes there are. Uh, big lots and mm -hmm. they're also set back from the streets because it's where the orange uh, groves used to be oh right and i just fell in love with that house when i saw it i just couldn't believe it and every client i showed the house i gave them my narrative i mean there was this big orange tree in the middle with the stone circle and i said wow that's the tree of life right there. <laughs> You know, well, it's I, true. Yeah, it's it, not untrue. Yeah, so and I it's was, history. It's LA history, which I go on and on and on about. Yeah. But I like LA is such a. It's a young town, but it still has a very old history that we forget about. And very and true. and with that, like the orange groves. I mean, can you imagine when people first came out here and just saw all of that, like life? Yeah, yeah and it know? was so it was so important for me that house because. After I was a busy open house, but after I was done with the open house, there was a guy standing outside that I shown the house to. Mm -hmm. He's uh, pretty famous for his commercials and stuff mm -hmm. like that, celebrity. And he was just standing, staring at the house. He was in this trance-like state. <laughs> and then I realized like how important it is to be able to tell the story of the house and to give them the narrative that the house deserves. Yeah. And, you know, the person that got that house, there is just so much beauty and, 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 and great vibes about the house. And that works every time you come home. It the, does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you want to come home to yeah. is always my, uh -huh. my thing with it. Is this something that, like, at the end of the day, is this going to make you, like, relax? Or is it going to make you go, oh, no, 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 I have to do that, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, you have to remember that, that this is going to be an everyday thing this is i mean that's why i always like feel like it's like matchmaking you know because it's yeah. like this this thing you know whatever you're looking at might seem exciting and everything right now yeah. but is this something you're going to want to look at every day yeah. you know and and houses are like that you know and and they invite you in like that or they don't you know um so so do you are you mostly in in the valley or are you are you sort of all over LA whenever you all over find LA something? Studio City I just recently sold one Lake Hollywood so I, oh, I'm amazing all, yeah I'm all over whatever right. and you know to be honest it sounds a little cheesy but I put the same effort in and and enjoy the experience in a four million dollar home that I do in a three hundred thousand dollar condo it's yeah really, it's really all about making the client feel like, wow, they're off to a good start with their life or right. something like that. Yeah. And, and it's a good match. That's yeah. really what I care about. It's nice to make money too, but uh -huh. I feel like the uh, the client's experience, it's, it's really uh, the most rewarding. What do you think um, in terms of, um, in terms of, I mean, if you see something in the house that you're like, this might be difficult or this might be something you don't want. Are you somebody who's going to say to them, look, like, of course, I want to sell you this house and you love this house and everything. But this part, you might just have to think about. Are you somebody who does that? Because a lot of the time I've noticed that as much as I've invested and bought and sold, I still have that, like, I fall in love with things, you know, and sometimes it's. It's not what it looks like, you know? And uh, so so as someone, like, for example, like me, who's like, oh, my God, I love this, would you be the person to go, listen, this might not be what you want to hear, but you're going to have to pay attention to A, B, and C? Because I won't necessarily look at 
those things that you're supposed to look at, you know? Uh, if I'm representing the buyers or the seller, it's two different approaches. Right. Are you thinking if I'm... Both. Like, kind of, if you're representing a buyer who's now, like, gone nuts about some home and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I just want to be clear on A, B, and C. Do you do that? Because I think, um, like we talked about earlier, like, clients have become savvier or think, we all think we've become savvier um, because we watch the shows, you know. Um, but it's a completely different experience going into either buy or sell than to watch it on TV, you know. And and I've also noticed that, as like, if I'm trying to sell a house and everything, I sometimes also suddenly become very precious with, you know, um, with stuff. And how do you talk a client like through that? Because there's a preciousness sometimes too. You know, if I if I sell a house that I'm like, okay, well, I can't have this in my portfolio anymore because it's not going to make sense, you know? But suddenly I'm like, oh, but I always loved and I always blah, blah, blah. But it has to be about, I mean, you know, yes, some people can have a million houses lying around, but I can't, you know? So if it's a buyer and they are in love with something, but you have to make it clear, like you're aware of this, what do you, what's the response and how do you do it? Well, it's a, it's a great point because, you know, I have, I get, I have buyers that connect me and, and for example, they want to buy a house in, in Hollywood Hills and we got $5 million. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell them, you know, if you want something, if you want a yard, if you want a pool, right. and if you want a lot size, it starts at 10. Right. Yeah. So I try to set an expectation that's realistic for them, but I also practicing to always take the high road as far as being positive about right. it. So it's if there's something that that takes away from the value or make it a lesser of investment, I definitely point that out and take that into my equation, but. Sometimes there has to be compromises made, but I have to help them make the compromise. I don't make it for them. I try to stay positive. I feel it's really, really important to be positive. Uh, Usually clients needs a little bit, you know, some clients arrive in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it happens really quickly. For example, I just picked up a, a lovely couple that, you know, in, in in Silver Lake, and they were like, oh, we don't have a chance, too many offers on houses. You know, I felt all the negativity coming, mm-hmm. like, we we can't get our offer accepted. I said, there is no problem. It's just, let's just stay positive here. Right. And I got him in escrow in two weeks on the property. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, but that happens when everybody's communicating, and I make them understand that it happens in five minutes. It doesn't right. matter if a house has been on the market for two weeks because when the offer, the first offer comes in, then for some reason, I don't know what it is, then everything just starts. And if timing is everything, if you don't act within the time frame, mm-hmm. then the house is going to go north and it's going to go way past what it's worth. Right. So um, it's all about ironing out, yeah. you know, the the tactic, you know, the, yeah. how, how do we, how do we strategize for your real estate purchase right and some you know some clients that are you know business and successful they like working with me because they don't have to take the time and going touring houses on sunday i go out and tour the houses on the brokers private showings and i do like iphone videos to say i like this this might be not as good but maybe we can work around there and for people that with time is of an essence they like to work with people like that because there has to be a trust that they, I, I look at the property with their eyes, mm-hmm. not mine. Right. But I mean, this is just, uh, everybody's style is different. Right. I know realtors that are super successful and they're like robots. You know, right. They don't answer the phone, forget about getting on the phone. Yeah. They just play everything by the book and text messages and stuff like that. But their strategy is volume. Right. And when they've been in it for 15, 20 years, I mean, I feel like they can crack at any time. You know, we right. all we all met those cracked up realtors. And and sometimes it could be like they, you know, they can be in a tough situation. They have a kid at home mm-hmm. and they have mortgages and stuff. So 
that's the downside of putting yourself overextending yourself too early in your right. career. Yeah. I always tell when I get a mentee or somebody on train, I'm, I'm always asking how much money, how much savings do you have? Because uh, because yeah. real estate, it's just so difficult. Yeah. And there's way too many realtors. Right. And 90% of realtors, I'm, I don't want to put a number, I don't want to sound negative or put me in any good light, but... It's about understanding business, and it's not something that you learn in three months getting a real estate license. No, it's. I mean, I feel like some of that stuff you you can't even. I mean, I'm going to talk out of God knows what, but some of that stuff you can't even learn in business school. That's like stuff you have to learn on the ground. You yeah, know, like yeah. you have to be in the trenches yeah, with a lot yeah. of that stuff. That's and so true. Uh, I mean, that goes for any kind of business. Like people always like, oh, it's the numbers, and it's the numbers, and then it's it's the the people around you. You know, and also you figure out very quickly what you can handle, you know, like I'm because I'm the kind of person I feel like I can handle a lot. Like I do a lot of different things and I love doing a lot. I'm like, finally, we can be multi hyphenates without being embarrassed about it. But um, but there comes a time where I don't know where the line is sometimes where I have to, where somebody has to go. Um, you have to drop one thing. <laughs> you just have to no. drop one thing. Um, so I think it's very important that you know, you understand that when you're coming in. And also the media at the moment, because we have a hot market in uh, in California, um, make it seem like it's easy to be a realtor. Like you just, you know, open up a house and there it is, you yeah. know. And it's it's really, there's so many factors that play into a house where we talk about it as investments. And of course, you know, when you put that much money down and, you know, claim to you're going to put more down every month. Um, it is an investment, but it's also, for most people, a home. So I'm always like, well, sure, this might appreciate more or it might depreciate or whatever, but it's your home. Like, that's those are two different things. Like, if something is purely investment, you got to put a different hat on, you know? But if something is, I'm going to live here and have a good time, I don't care. Yes, it might, you know, go up next year and then down and then up. Then it doesn't matter, you know? Um, but... Um, I just, it's it's rare that you find people who sort of talk you through all of that. And it's also, I think, a lot of people have sort of two speeds. Either they're the people who are con- calling their agent constantly going, but what about this? But what about this? Or there's somebody who's like, I don't, I don't like calling constantly or I don't like doing that constantly and then end up not, at, you know, asking all the questions. So do you feel like you can figure out what people need in that way? Well... We're getting into things that are not really uh, real estate related, maybe. But I have a, I can read people's energy and feel people's energy really easy. I'm a Scorpio Tiger, ah, double master number born. <laughs> so I have, you know, if you believe it or not, but astrologically, I have a very deep intuitive sense. Mm-hmm. I don't count on that. I don't lead with that. Mm. But I feel like, to me, what you just said, quality of life is also an investment. Yes. But uh, I understand what you're saying. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I feel like we have to realize that we're not meant for everyone. Not right. everyone is going to like your style. And a lot of people in the beginning, they try to accommodate everyone. But I noticed, like, when I stopped trying to accommodate everyone and the more I adapt my own style mm-hmm. and accepting who I am astrologically and how I was born, mm. it's super important because people can sense when you are trying to adjust yourself. So I'm very aggressive when it comes to I love making things done, getting things done, you know. Mm. That's how I lead. And if 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 you you don't prefer it that way or if you're too sensitive about it, then I'm just not your guy. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> If you don't want things done, yeah. don't call a doc. Well, because I, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also a, like it's also a courtesy to you. Like, do you know what I mean? If you don't, if you're gonna be like, I don't, I don't know, then you know. Also, there's a readiness to people. Like, maybe you're you think you're ready, but you're not ready. You know, to yeah, to do I, it, I I think that the be- better way to say it mm-hmm. because it's not like I don't expect my clients to be aware of, of what the journey is going to be like because mm-hmm. that's not their gig you know but if they if if there's a progress now sometimes i spend two years looking at houses for people 
I, I, I mean, I think that's very commendable. And also a lot, some people need that in an in a agent. And I can imagine that's not easy, but it's very commendable that you do that. Well, the, this is part of who I am because I don't like to give up. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I need, I wish I, sometimes maybe I should have given up, but mm-hmm. just I, I want to work until it's done. Right. Just like it's that's how you are. You you're either born that way or you're you're not. It's just like not. It's not like my style is better than the other person. But as long as I'm true to myself, I feel like I'm being most effective that way. Right. I think that's uh, it is important to be true to yourself, and yeah. I think that's what we also why people come to you because they know, um, you know, you don't want to get you don't want to get pushed into. You don't want to feel pushed. You don't want to feel pushed when you're buying or selling, you know, like because it's, again, a lot of money and it's emotional. It's very emotional. And I always sort of, I always land on that side of it because I think people forget how emotional it is. And um, and especially also the thing that you were talking about, the first offer comes in and then it just rolls, which is yeah. such a human thing of like, yeah, I don't want it. Oh, somebody else does. Well, now I want it. Now I want it more, you know? Yeah, and, and, and everybody's going to feel pushed in this market because the, it's very frustrating being a buyer. It's mm-hmm. like I always tell them in the beginning, everything happens in five minutes, and they go, oh, okay. Right. But then when they realize that everything has to happen <laughs> in five minutes, that's when they feel pushed. So right. that's where it's important for them to trust the realtor, to feel like they're in a strong team and their best interest it's always taken care of, and uh, they're never risking anything. Right. That's really important because then they can perform at the level they have to perform out of their comfort zone. Right. You know? And when it happens, and when it happens in a great way afterwards, you know, there's a friendship there and the right. trust there that hopefully lasts forever. Yeah. No, that's very important. I mean, I go with friends when they want to go see houses and everything. I'm always the one who goes because I enjoy it. Mm. And also, um, I, like, I've gone to see, I've seen so many houses myself, you know. And I always feel like I'm, like, the emotional support dog of the person who goes to see a house because it's so, um, if you haven't done it before or you haven't done it by yourself or all of those things, you always need somebody with you who can, you know, can stay neutral, but will also go, do you want this because you think this is something that looks like, you know, PR-wise for you is going to be good? Or do you want to live here? Yeah. You know, have you looked around the neighborhood? Or, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, I want to be here because the schools are good. And I'm like, well, do you want to be here? You know? So, um, so I'm always that person who just goes who sort of tags along and just goes, well, what do you think? And what do you, do you feel comfortable? And, and, uh, and you know, luckily my friends are very, they're very open as well to, under, you know, to whatever's going on around them and everything. But it's, it's some, I, I find it that people, you need somebody to go with a lot of time when you first start doing it because it's a strange thing to do on your own. I mean, I enjoy doing it on my own, but, um, but a lot of people, it's, it's frightening because you're like, if do I want to? Do I want? Is this a place I want to live? Do any of my friends live in the area? Does it matter? <laughs> do you know? So, um, so I always look, and I always look at the agent to come in, especially with the open houses, and I'm like, oh my god, these people have seen so many people walk through every day, and I can only imagine. I don't know if it's like this for an agent. Like, I wonder if they like every time get a question that they've never had. I don't know if that happens. Like. You you know you think you've heard it all, and then there's somebody who asks something that you're like, no, or yeah, actually this happens. Do you ever are you ever surprised by buyers? Yes, I can tell you one incident. Okay. Um, and it was pretty shocking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so this this wonderful young couple come in and they say, yeah, we're we're looking for a house in this area because. Uh, we want uh, an extra bedroom also because uh, we want our, uh, my mother, who's who's getting older, is going to come stay with us. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, it's like, so how old is your mother? And he said, 47. <laughs> 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 that was a little shocking to me. Like, like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. She needs help now. But as far as, yes. op- as, far, as, far as open houses, um, there's a few things that I kind of react over. A lot of times, you know, we, like you say about there's very competitive and mm-hmm. clients come without their agent. And it's like, and it's a good example. Like the agents just keep sending them, you know, whatever's on Redfin anyway. Right. That they, and, and then they don't take the time to go with the, with their with the age and the agent doesn't t- take the time to go with with the client so mm. w- and to revert back to what you were saying about taking care and feeling the experience and being a guide and a mm. leader so what's the point of them having having an agent that doesn't go with them and give them that experience right. so i and and it's just as you say, I think a lot of times people get frustrated because they go by themselves on the open house days and all they see is other people panicking around them. Right. <laughs> and I, I feel like the agent needs to, I mean, there, of course, there's instances where you have to be dynamic, uh-huh. but that's why I don't want to work with too many clients at the same right. time because I, I feel like this cattle call kind of right. situation doesn't work. Yeah. I think the worst example was in La Crescenta. I sold the halls a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. And at the open, it's so popular because the school districts are all tan. It's very, and, yeah, it's very good. Uh, and I remember going into the open house and this Korean lady was just sitting crying in the sofa <gasps> there. Can somebody just make an offer for me? I mean, it was just like Wait, a, she was a buyer? Yeah, she was a buyer. But and the she whole, the, there was a, the, the first open house on a fixer, super small house. Uh-huh. And there must have been 80 people there at the same yeah. time. They were like crawling over the house, you know. It, it, it looks like the zombie invasion or something. Right. I had a, I bought a house in Silver Lake years ago that was like that. We Is were all crazy? like just crawling. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was exactly like that. We uh, were the zombies and just attacking this old house. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but imagine having a woman crying because she can't get yeah. somebody to spend her money. Like, or to just... have time to even talk to her when right. it's that busy, you know? Yeah. Um, wow, that's that's intense. That's like uh, that's like a a weird war. <laughs> but know? because the relationship of uh, buyers in general don't fully understand the extent of the value of an agent mm-hmm. that's going to take care of them. They think it's the paperwork. And I don't blame him because it's not their field. Right. But there's so much to go down. Like, for example, I just closed on a property in Studio City, went for $3.2 million. Mm-hmm. We were the fifth highest offer when we came in. Mm-hmm. I called the agent every day. Say, hey, it's Dag. You want to work with me? You love my clients. Let me tell you what my clients do. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't go away. Oh my God. <laughs> and eventually they call me. So I heard by other agent who had good experiences working with you. So it's not always the highest offer. Right. But you gotta be that guy. I mean you want like as a as a seller, you want a solid offer. Like I mean I understand that. That yeah. they you yeah. know, you also you want somebody who seems to be invested in the house yeah. in some way or another, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um so, I mean, I also know, like, I've sold things to people before where um, where I know they wanted to feel like they one-upped me in some way or another. And and I, like, will often, like, give in to that. You know, like, I will often, like, not give in, but, like, I will, if it's going to make you feel better that, you know, I've, like, given this, you know, then I will do it. And I don't know if that's always a good thing, but sometimes people have that ego that they just need to feel like oh I got this deal (laughs) and I'm like Mm. it's still that it's still the money that it is it's still all this stuff but I think people often feel like they want to feel like they made a very 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 good decision you know and and so I don't nickel and dime when I do like I'm just like then okay great like you can you can do this because we're already up in like numbers that are ridiculous you know um so I love that you call for your, you know, like. And you know, you... I feel more than any time in history of real estate is it, it's so valuable right now to know the other agents are working in the area. Right. Agent relationships are really, really important mm-hmm. because there's so many agents now. And, and you know, I, 
and some some of the newer agents, even some of the agents that have been in business for a longer time, they come into an open house and they don't even introduce themselves. And it kind of blows my mind. Yeah, that blows like my mind. Like 15 minutes later, say, oh, well, by the way, I'm an agent. Why you don't tell me that right away? I mean, if you want to represent your client, you come in there and make sure that you're getting noticed. Say, hey, I'm Doug Elias. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Is it, wouldn't that make sense to be the first thing you would do? When it would also in? make sense to know other agents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to sort of just, yeah. oh, that person's doing this. Great. Well, I have this. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I thought that was the whole point. Exactly. Right? <laughs> that is so funny. But again, that comes down to people. That comes down to be. I have an interesting question, which I encountered like um, a couple of years ago, and I've never seen it before. Where um, I had a friend who was working with an agent, and he asked, he said, "You need to sign that you're only working with me, and you need to pay me three grand within this amount of time." Is that a thing now that people sign? Like, give the agent money, just like, in good faith, saying, I'm only going to work with you? They've been trying to implement a buyer broker agreement. Mm-hmm. I've had um, clients, first of all, it's not legally binding. That's what I thought. When I saw that, I was like, I don't, I've never heard of it, and uh, I don't think it matters. You can sign away I mean, it want. can be, depending uh-huh. on the situation, it can be uh-huh. legally binding. But I tell my clients, like, if you don't want to work with me, I don't need a contract saying... Right. That you have to work with. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like for me, it's like, you know, if you don't want to work, work with me, that's fine. But let's give it a try. Right. And then we can talk and see how you feel about it. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, there's a lot of things going on in the real estate market. There's wholesaling, you know, mm-hmm. wholesaling, you know, uh, with properties. What is, tell me what that is, sorry. Well, it could be like somebody's posting a pocket listing, but they're not the listing agent. Oh. Yeah. How does that, how? Well, for example, with land, it's very popular that some people would put it in escrow and put in the escrow money for 60 days, put in the deposit Uh and have a 60-day escrow. And during that time, they're trying to sell the project to somebody else. Oh, okay. So they put it under contract. And then try to sell it to somebody else. Now, there's a way that you, of course, when you receive an offer like that, you would uh, respond to that offer with some of the deposit going hard, which they will forfeit the money mm-hmm. if they don't um, go through with the escrow. But mm-hmm. there's so much like that. I have readers calling me and say, hey, uh, I got a house. And I always ask them, are you the listing agent? And if they say, no, I don't. I just don't. I don't want to put my clients through it. Because right. what, what if I bring him to house and they get all excited, you know? And then, for example, you, you get hold of the, the real, so to speak, listing agent, and they will tell you, oh, I'm sorry, we're already in escrow. Or, you know, so there's so much noise that I, w- I don't want to expose my clients for. So there are people who make themselves like unofficial middlemen? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's very confusing. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, you as an agent... Mm-hmm. Or officially the middleman because... Of course. Yeah, through the agents, yeah. the brokerage we yeah. work with, yeah. we are the middleman. But, um, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to expose our clients to something like that. Right. That, yeah. no, that's very... I mean, I would just assume if I saw somebody was that was selling, so I would assume that I was free to buy it. <laughs> but, you know... Yeah, there's, uh, there's people in this town that loses a lot of money every week here right on deals going south and right. and you know dishonesty and right it's uh what do you think there's more of like dishonesty or like full on dishonesty or just um lack just a lack of information being you know like told to the buyer or you know well it's a good point because i feel like if you are licensed with something you should know what you're doing and if that's you, a very good point <laughs> and if you don't know what you're doing that you have to have you know you have to refer to somebody who knows what they're doing right because otherwise uh, the dishonesty is on you right because you're risking the client's uh, funds in right. something like that. Yeah. 
But as far as what's more, I think that, you know, dishonest people rarely see themselves as being dishonest. Yes, I agree. That's you know, they true. always have yeah. a way of, of yeah. uh, you know. Well, you should have asked. And you're like, um, I, didn't, I didn't think to ask this, you know. Yeah, and they yeah. feel like they're entitled to. Uh, yeah. And that goes all over the city in so many different ways. I mean, withholding information, like we can all discuss if that's just a thing or if that's full-on lying, you know, like. Withholding information that's material to the property is illegal. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You lose your license and you can get sued and you can go to jail. Wow. Yeah, that's that's uh, the reality of it. A lot of realtors don't put too much, you know, value on that until they get sued. Right. Yeah. Um, so are there instances where a buyer hasn't disclosed something that they just, and then um, the poor realtor, because it could also be that. like the, You mean the seller hasn't disclosed Oh, yeah, something. the seller, that's what I mean. Like, thank thank yeah. you. Um, it hasn't disclosed something, and the poor realtor is just like, um, now I'm in trouble, you know, because I. But there is no poor realtors. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's you heard the, it here first. Yeah, <laughs> but I know I know what you mean. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm very 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 paranoid about everything. Yes. Yeah. I just learned to be like that because I don't want to look my client in the face and and you know see Say, them losing whoops. funds. Yeah. 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 yeah but um, again, I mean, the, uh, any material facts about the property has to be disclosed by the seller. If they don't know it, it's a different story. Right. And it falls on the buyer to do their diligence for right. their client. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, it happens almost every week here in the city. Wow. Lawsuits going back and forth. Right. Deals falling apart. And, yeah. And, you know, that's why I tell my uh, mentees that I have that do not do it over the phone. Communicate right. the material facts over email. Because yeah. otherwise you don't have. No, I'm very, I'm very like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been in entertainment for so long that yeah. everything, I'm like, can you put that in, do you mind sending that in an email? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, and I make it clear to people. It's not like I'm like, ha ha, yeah. put that in an email. And you're, I'm like, I just need that in an email. So we're both clear on what you're saying, Yeah, you know. And there's uh, two ways to learn that lesson. You either, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you either implement it at an early stage uh -huh. and it's non-negotiable. Right. Or you learn it the hard way, which right. is brutal. I mean, I've had like, especially with it when it comes to writing and screenwriting, where somebody's like, "Well, that's mine," or you know, "I was part of this," and inevitably somewhere they've always written an email that says something that's the exact opposite of what they're saying now. Yeah. And and that's why I'm always like, "Let's all be clear," and it also teaches you to be very clear in your communication of like, "So this is." I mean, I love it for personal reasons as well. I'm like, yeah. so we don't get, this is a way to not have a fight. <laughs> well, it keep, keeps the honest people honest. Yeah. No, it definitely does. Yeah. Like, it just, it's, and I've noticed it with, um, you know, friends that I've I've worked with. If we've been honest from the fr uh, top and just said, this goes to you, this goes to you, this goes to you, should this ever happen, yeah. you know, then there's never an issue. When yeah. you suddenly realize, oh, this is something. and People start scrambling. Even before there's money on the table or anything, everyone's like, but I think I need more. But I think. And so that that's something I've learned from day one. And it's always been when you wait to put it in writing, it's going to get really weird. Yeah. And I'm glad that you teach people that because it is, I mean, it's legally binding, whether it's, I believe it's an email and also a text. I believe that's legally. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not a lawyer. But I feel like that might be true. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest, it's something I have to teach myself and keep in mind myself because I'm mm -hmm. a telephone person. Right. I'm one of the few people left in the whole city that <laughs> likes to are. actually talk in the telephone. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have to remind myself on, on certain issues, especially uh -huh. with complicated escrows. I uh, have gone through uh, quite a few of them lately and... Uh, it can be very expanding. It starts at one point and mm -hmm. goes down legal departments and it comes goes really deep and really far sometimes. Right. Uh, because once you, once you get a, a lawyer involved, you know. Things get pricey. Yeah, and, and, and they roll up their sleeves. And, well, yeah. Yeah, so, but um, if there's a goodwill from every, all parties, right. you know, and, and clear communication. Yeah. 
Uh, I love to to bring people to the table and jump on a Zoom call and then mm. just because I feel like everybody wants you know to be happy at the end and there, there's a role to take that take you there. Right. And but you have to know what you're doing. If you're new right. age, it's like forget about it. It's right. just it just those takes times to learn. You know? It takes time to learn, yeah. and I also feel like you learn. I mean, maybe that. I mean, I know you do a lot of deals. I'm just a buyer and a seller, but. I feel like I learn something new every time, and especially in which I sometimes mm. resent about myself, you know. And um, I'm always like, wow, you, this is another area of yourself that, yeah, that you have to just be aware that you are this person, yeah. you know. And that might not change, so now you have to learn to, you know, sort of reel that in, you know. Um, All the time. I yeah. Mean, every, every day I learn something new, and it's really important to understand. Yeah. The limitations on what your knowledge is. And there's mm. people, like legal verbiage is is completely different interpretation. Right. Um, yeah. So, but I definitely, I, I, I learned something. something. Sometimes I learned my most valuable lesson is to not take it forward, have the agent seek, uh, you know, the client seek legal counseling. Right. Uh, because yeah. I'm not only representing myself, I'm representing my uh, brokerage, Corker and Global, too. Right, uh, yeah. So I have to um, always keep that in the highest regard. And, right. And, uh, I mean, I always think when when something like that happens, it is often like human error or, you know, something. And, and when lawyers get involved, people get very clear. Is also like the minute that first letter is sent out, suddenly people are very clear on what's going on, you know. And I, that I do appreciate by lawyer uh, of lawyers. I really like the minute they like everybody gets clear on what's going on, unless you're you know in the mood to be in litigation. <laughs> or do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't know. I don't know who's in the mood to it, but I do know there are people who enjoy it, you know. Um, so I have a question about where do you think the future of real estate? What is it now? Like, we're in a hot market. We're all excited. I personally don't think it's a bubble, but you tell me. Well, I mean, it's going to be a reflection of what's going on with the economy. Mm-hmm. We are hitting uncharted territory right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, we have never seen uh, a situation where the Fed such as continuing printing money. <laughs> um, the inflation is already up. Real numbers about 15%. Wow. And uh, and rents are up in this town about 10%, right? It? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think what's happening in real estate right now is that the bottom part of the real estate is moving up to the medium part. Like, for example, oh. you could buy a house for 600000 Now that house is 800000 Absolutely. But yeah. the middle part is kind of staying the same. You know, it's uh-huh. going up and down, but a small percentage. And the high-end market is just kind of breathing right now. Right. But what I feel like, and I agree with what you're saying about the bubble, I do not think it's a bubble. I think, you know, when people are, are when the, the stock markets, you know, what the prediction of, I mean, I'm not a financial expert, but it seems like the stock market is very oversold and it's going to have mm-hmm. a big correction. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen then is people's going to go into hard equity, real right. estate, gold, silver. I agree. Um, I'm not a fan of crypto. Because the I, volatility not, of Yeah, it. I don't quite, I mean, I, I read as much as I can and I'm still like, huh? <laughs> you know, so that's why I don't, you yeah. know, um, really. I mean, I think it's, if you have it, put a little bit in there, you know, but I don't. I also have noticed a lot of, actually, I don't know if um, you're into these things, but I know there's a lot of apps where you can you can invest in real estate as you put in a tiny part of money and then yeah. suddenly you're part of a, a real estate, you know, building real estate or something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I thought I saw it the other day and I was like, that makes sense in terms of you want to, if you have a portfolio, you want to, you know, just diversify, like diversify it. And um, what do you think of those apps where you're putting in some money to help buy here and there? I feel like we're going to have, you know, a correction and I think a lot of companies, I, I don't know if we're going to have a stock market crash, but we could. Mm-hmm. And anything you have in stock, it's like gold and silver. Mm-hmm. If you own physical gold and silver, right. it's much better than to have a stock that represents gold and silver. Right. And with real estate, I just feel like 
it's so easy to get a loan right now. Right. I mean, it's never been easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole October, everybody's going, oh, interest rate's going on. No, interest rate's going to go down in December. Right. Because it, all the, uh, there's so much funds sitting, waiting to be distributed. That oh, my they, God. That they have to lower the interest rate and try to squeeze the last drops out of the retail Right. Both retail, of course, retail investment. Yeah. That's why they're controlling the stock market. They're pulling people in to buy those Tesla stocks. Right. You know, <laughs> because it, retail is it's the same as, as, as real estate. A lot of first-time new home buyers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I feel there's really no need to outsmart yourself as far as buying real estate. You have to do it. And the reason you have to do it. It's because, like you said, first of all, I think in 10 years, real estate is going to double value. It's mm. minimum double. Right. And But people don't realize that the rents are going to double too. They are. I've been, I've been just, I look because yeah. I, and also because of with all the short-term rental stuff that we have here, that's a mess, you know, in terms of yeah. how it's done in LA. Yeah. It should just be done. There's so, there's so much going on that, we can't curb people's ability to make money, you know? And, um, but I just, I was just looking at like how people are spending money. And I think real estate is one of, the, for me, I'm not a great stock investor. Like I have to have people help me with that. Yeah. But I know real estate, <laughs> you know? And that I've always been like, that's where I invest because it's not gonna go anywhere. You know, sure, if you're sitting on it, it's not like it's you're you're making a ton of money, like if you're, you know, on the stock market and it's going well. But it's also not going to suddenly disappear. It's always going to be there, you know. Like I remember some years ago because my family has been in Spain here and there. Um, I mean, I want to say investing in real estate, but that's not what they did. They bought houses and, and enjoyed living in them, you know. And... Um, and for a while there, like, it was dead in Spain, you know? And everyone's like, mm. don't buy in Spain, don't buy in Spain. And I'm like, well, uh, if you like being there, <laughs> if you enjoy this part of the, you know, like, the world and it's beautiful and it's great, then then do, you know? And now it's nuts again, you know? So I'm always, that's why I love investing in real estate. That's why I love talking about it because it's a tangible thing that, um you know, and as we always say, they're not making any more earth. <laughs> yeah, I think the most important thing that people understand, you know, I, and I have these conversations with clients. Um, they say, well, it's so high right now and we're only paying 2500 in rent. Mm-hmm. When the inflation starts running forward, mm-hmm. they're going to have to at some part exit that 2500 rent. Mm-hmm. And then the new rent is going to be triple what they're yeah. paying now. And it's yeah. also another thing like, if you're going to come to L.A. and if you're going to have a sustainable life here and you're going to have kids, first of all, mm. salaries are not going to go up in the right. same level. So there's just no, it's unsustainable to not only, to not live real estate, uh, own real estate. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable in the long term. People feel like now, next year, maybe we buy. But look at the 10-year long term. You have to enter the market sometime, right? right. We all understand that. Yeah. Why not enter the market when the interest rates are the lower they've ever right. been? Yeah. And prices are, are, like you say, it's not a bubble. People mm-hmm. are going to look back at these prices we had now and say, I should have bought them. Right. Because, it, you know, it's always that like <laughs> Yeah, we're like, it's ago. too much right now. But, yeah, you know, and then yeah. back, you're like, oh, no, why didn't I? Yeah. And it's a scary place. But, it's, it is. But yeah. it's not, it's not, it's, what I, my point is, I don't think it's just a choice that you make. I think it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. And the biggest investment, more in, important than your stocks. Right. If you have stocks now, isn't it the best time to sell them when they're at their highest? And, and enter something, that, yeah. yeah, because a long-term quality of life, where are you going to put your kids? Not you, in stock. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. And, and look at the other side with the uh, retirement. That's going to go out the window. Yeah. Who's going to retire at 65? How I don't many? know one single person. Yeah. Like, I, everybody I know, yeah. like, at any age starts several new careers at different, like, people yeah. are... That's the thing I'm loving about this new time and also how that reflects in real estate. People are like, I'll just start something new. I'll just do something new. Yeah. And I know it's not always like as easy. It's easier said than done. But um, but there is that excitement to to do something else and not just sit back. And that doesn't, 
I don't even know who does that anymore. <laughs> like, like mm. retires and and sits somewhere. Like, but that's also a sure way to just wither. I mean, I don't know who does. I couldn't. I'm, could you hear how nervous I am just thinking about that? Like sitting down and doing nothing. But that's personal. But um, I think I think that from the. I mean, I'm Swedish and you're mm. from Denmark. Mm-hmm. We're used to this social parachute that we can always... Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's retire. And mm-hmm. then we go into the parks and look at the flowers. Mm-hmm. I think in America, especially, you know, from the 20s up to the 40s, mm-hmm. the, that thinking didn't really exist. It was just like a do-or-die situation. Yeah. So it, it kind of gave birth to the American dream. And I see the American dream happens all the time. All the time, meet I so like many that. clients, and people. And the interesting thing is that people ask me, "So, hey, in your work, I see you know you must meet a lot of celebrities and right. and successful people and stars, you know." Mm-hmm. And I say, "Yeah, I meet, I meet a lot of celebrities. They come to my, you know, I get to meet them, and they first of all don't make as much money as you think they do, mm-hmm. even because they're on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But the real stars, <laughs> the stars that I meet." Mm-hmm. That I hold the highest is the people that have a wife and three kids mm-hmm. and just manage somehow to make it. They right. get in a car commuting an hour and a half each way mm-hmm. just to, to be able to sit down and hold his family, you know, and his right. kids. Those are the stars, you know. That's a very cool people. thing to say because that's yeah. not, you know, because we live in L.A., which is you know, where being single is definitely glorified in a lot of ways, of doing it all on your own. Uh-huh. And I like the idea that, you know, the whole family, bringing your family, um, giving them a roof over their head in a beautiful environment, uh-huh. you know, is is really nice. And it's do- and it is doable, like you said. It's like if you can get in there. I mean, I know it's not doable for everyone. I know the L.A. market is, can, is psychotic and crazy. It's the Wild West, you know, where we never know what's going to happen. But... You know, from what you just said, I hope people really listen to what you said about, like, just how you move forward, get into real estate, the interest rates are not going to go, you know, all of that. So you think December and January are going to give you good times to buy and sell? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in January, February. Right. Of course, uh, yeah. But I think now is the best time to buy because it's... Sellers are a little bit nervous. If they've had a property on, they don't know what's going to happen January, right. February. Right. So now it's a good time to strike. Right. Now I can get, I can, the price can be still a good investment. So, and it's it's a little bit less action on the market in the mm-hmm. holiday time. So I think in general between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's the preferred time to buy a house. Yeah, I think it's a good time. If you yeah. have an action strategy, <laughs> you know, because that's everything right now. Mm-hmm. You got to be right there when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know? That's very true. That's very. True. I love what you said about the American dream happens all the time. I think that's just yeah. a wonderful, wonderful idea to go into anything with, you know, because we're constantly told how difficult things are and. It's nice to hear, you know, from a Swede. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's really nice because you are very into, you're an Angelino by now, you know, but you also have the outside perspective of coming from somewhere else entirely that works so different. Like it's different, you know, like you said, with the social system that will catch us and everything. Yeah. It's certainly not like that here, you know. I think so. culturally we're we're so different. I mean, coming to America, I mean, being Swedish or Danish, it's just such a completely different culture. It's such a different. I mean, yeah. I came out here like a very young as well, you know. So I have sort of grown up in that. But mm. um but like, and by myself, so it's my own version of everything, you know, but I, it is a different, and I get it when people visit me or I go home and we talk about stuff and I'm like, I forget how well people are taken care of yeah. in uh, in Scandinavia. And certainly also under, during the quarantine in Denmark, it was like, people made a lot of money, yeah. you know, everyone was just saved. Yeah. And, um, and it that's an incredible thing. And you know, out here it's a different it's a different story, and I'm always impressed when when people really make it out here and do it. And like you said, be the fam, be the the man or the woman who takes care of their family and everything. That's real. That's a real star. Yeah. You know, and it's tougher than ever. It's know? tougher I mean, than ever. Yeah. 
How can they how can they sleep every night? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But don't you know, know, America has so much to teach you as far as Yes. But you just have to have the right examples. Yeah. Um it's That's not, a very not, good point. Yeah. That's a very have the right examples. It's and know yeah. what the right examples are. That takes a while to figure out. But you you can figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's brutal. I mm. mean we we all hit our heads, you know, oh, yeah. or, or, or this and that, but mm. Um, I think uh, as far as business, to become successful in business, to understand how money works and moves, but it's also about having the right attitude and understand your shortcomings. I, I have a book that is uh, one of my favorite books that I study. Mm-hmm. I don't just read it because reading something has no direct value it's only an intellectual uh, valuation Mm -hmm. oh yeah i get that Mm -hmm. but if you have a book that you can study and implement right and you you realize that it makes a difference sometimes you know to be successful it's just a few couple attitude change that needs to be made and then the energy just opens and flows forward and everything comes to you right you don't have to go after it you see that's uh what book is that? Are you going to share? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I will get it out of him. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, I'm I'm kidding. Gonna, the interesting thing with this book, I'm going to tell you about uh-huh. the book, but uh, I've given it to so many of my friends. Uh-huh. Said, hey, don't worry. Follow this book and you uh-huh. will be successful. But they don't follow the book. Right. So I see myself being the same way about other people recommended me books. In right. The past. Oh, yeah, I get it. You right. Know. No, the book was written in 1910 by somebody called Wallace D. Waddles. Uh-huh. It's called The Science of Getting Rich. Uh-huh. It's a super cheesy title, uh-huh. but there's a reason why you choose a title like that. Because uh, it's, tr- it's true to the science of it. It's very true, but it, it's almost magical in the, uh-huh. in, 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 if you read the undertones of right. it. And you, if you take the clothes off uh-huh. and you see uh, what fundamentals are there. Uh-huh. He was actually excommunicated from his church for heresy after writing oh the book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So then you know it's unconventional. But I highly recommend people reading it and implementing it. Because for me, it's just... Uh, it's I've just... only heard about like Napoleon Hill and stuff. I, don't, I haven't heard this yeah. 1910. So... The Science of Getting Rich was the inspiration by the movie, uh, from the movie The Secret. Uh That was the book that Uh that inspired that whole Uh movie. Ah, okay. But there's a big difference in that book that Mm -hmm. uh, when you read it, you will, in the preface, he will will explain uh, what it is and how it works. Okay. So the reason I'm saying that, because Mm -hmm. if I can help somebody be successful or happy or whatever. I always put it out there, you know. I know most people are not going to take it, but but some people might, you know, and it might be a difference to somebody's life. Yeah, and also coming from a Scandinavian, then you know it's like because we're not like that. Yeah, we exactly. are not like that. Exactly. Like I, it's it's. Um, I mean, I am. I love. I love everything that comes with the spiritual or scientific. You know, anything like that. You know, I my the book that I gave to everyone was called "The Female Brain" by Leanne Bresendine because mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought I was a unique person, and then I read a book about what the female brain is like. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just exactly on time every single time. Mm-hmm. But I love. Um, the science of getting rich, which is has that like, it has that intersection of of science and spirituality. It sounds like I don't know. Um, I will read it. <laughs> so. It's an interesting point. I mean, spirituality to me. Oh, I've been a. I'm a. I have an Indian guru, Paramahansa uh-huh. Yogananda. Uh-huh. Been, I know it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a, a Kriya Bon and uh-huh. a disciple of his. Uh-huh. But it has so many. Danger. The spiritual path right. is just so dangerous because there's guilt, there's fear, yeah. and it's just so important to own yourself yeah. and to see that you are the the uh, universe that you are looking for. It's right. already in you. Yeah. So the spiritual path. Oh my God, that's just so 
difficult to thread. That's why it, call, it takes so many incarnations right. to get rid of your fear and to own yourself and right. to know that you are that special being. Right. It is That is very hard. And again, saying, coming from... Um, Scandinavian, where we're taught we're all the we are all the same, you know, like and we're, you know, like and which which we are, you know, like we're all created equal, but we're all very different personalities and beings, you know, and um, and that's very interesting that you. I mean, you started out by saying you're a Scorpio tiger, mm. like I'm a I'm a Taurus, so I'm mm. like a full farm animal, but so I get it's it's a very interesting thing that you've brought that in, and we've had other people bring that this like the spirituality part of it into into all of this um and the science because um also in LA that's something that people really appreciate people appreciate that you're sort of a fully fledged that you understand all sides of it that you're not just like buy a house you know <laughs> like that you understand the whole you know the whole round like a well-rounded being you know yeah i think with with real estate I think you got to be, I have to be very careful because I have to lead with who they are. I can't lead right. with who I am. Right. So um, it's their journey. Mm -hmm. I'm just a guide for them. So mm -hmm. I have to take myself out of the equation. But I do agree that understanding the clients, the more you understand them, it's the easier it is to, to kind of steer them in the right direction. Right. Like you're saying. Yeah. I mean... This has been so full of so much wisdom <laughs> that um, I just I could I could talk for several more hours about this. Um, but thank you so much for coming. I just oh, you're welcome. it has just been a dream to talk to you, and uh, I'm so glad I randomly ran into you on a hilltop house at, at one point. Yeah, uh, because um, I've always wanted to talk to you more about this. So this is fantastic. We'll do a part two. We'll do a part two. Just wait, we will. So. Um, thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. Um, it has been wonderful. Thank you.